Hello and welcome to the Lemon Tree Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Allison Sukameli. Each week I'll be taking the science of positive psychology, adding a little humor, and through evidence-based research, provide you with tools and strategies to help you live a life of peace and purpose. In this episode, I'll be talking about kintsugi, the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery, and how this concept of embracing the imperfect can be applied to our own lives. But first, teachers, counselors, administrators, and anyone in search of self-care tips, lesson plans, and organizers, check out my shop on TPT called The Lemon Tree by AKS. There are some free lessons, organizers, and self-care tools to help save you some time and get a little direction. Again, that's TeachersPayTeachers.com, and my shop name is The Lemon Tree by AKS. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Lemon Tree Coaching Podcast, or TLT for short. This is another solo episode where I really get to dig into the research and share connections that I made this past week with topics currently on my mind. So years ago, I became fascinated with tea rituals and vowed to do my own in the evening as a winding down sort of routine. However, I still never quite got around to it, even though I have all the essentials to do so. But I mentioned last week that I had really been hurt by a close friend that I've had for over a decade and have spent the last five days really processing everything, speaking to my therapist, family, and another trusted friend about the situation when I came to realize that the answer was sitting right on my desk. Well, maybe not the answer, but a pathway to healing. I have this little blue statue of a woman kneeling with her left hand on her lap, palm open to the sky, and her right hand over her heart. Her eyes are closed and her chin is tilted upward. Initially, I had bought this little statue to represent self-love and be a daily reminder to engage in self-love, but I didn't realize it would come to mean so much more to me. There are these gold lines that are going across her chest, which initially symbolized to me past hurts, and I actually wasn't too far off, but a week before this tried-and-true friend unexpectedly hurt me, I discovered the art of embracing brokenness, or what the Japanese call kintsugi. Kintsugi is an art form which highlights the flaws or brokenness of something, usually a bowl of some sort, rather than hiding the flaws. The chips, breaks, and flaws are gilded to make them prominent and whole again. There is no hiding the broken parts. So for a moment, imagine if we did this as humans, making what society tells us are flaws and make those broken bits of us flourish without shame and without hiding. Last week, I talked about shadow work. This is essentially kintsugi for the soul. In case you missed last week's episode, Shadow work is basically a type of psychotherapy that focuses on what we call the shadow self, which are parts of the psyche or our mind, spirit, and soul that we often keep hidden from ourselves because we deem them to be undesirable. This can be things like resentment, trauma, anger, codependency, or other things that we don't want to admit to ourselves or others. Of course, we can never fully return to who we were prior to trauma or hurt, but we can do repairs through processing and taking other steps to heal. But really take a look at the broken beauty of a kintsugi bowl. Just like us, items will not be returned to as good as new, but become new and improved. 
As we all know, we will not make it through life without any wounds or hurt, but those wounds do present us with an opportunity to grow and, like a phoenix, rise from the ashes of what once was. There is profound meaning behind kintsugi that goes beyond the mere technique of fixing something that is broken. If we look at it through a philosophical lens, kintsugi is concerned with appreciation and acceptance of imperfections. Of course, I'm going to reference Brene Brown's book, The Gift of Imperfections, in which she says, may we find the courage to let go of who we are supposed to be so that we can embrace who we really are, the imperfect, the creative, the powerful, the broken, and the beautiful. May we show ourselves and others the compassion that comes from knowing we are all made of strength and struggle, end quote. And it's all really about the journey from being concerned about what people think and constantly trying to prove ourselves to I am enough, which includes all of our broken stuff. I am enough means we accept ourselves as we are, be it too fat, too thin, divorced, single, a product of a toxic relationship, a bad childhood, whatever the case may be. We have to challenge and overcome these thoughts and play to our strengths in order to move forward and really understand and fully accept that we are enough just as we are, broken bits and all. Kintsugi is the acceptance and cherishing of things that have been broken and scarred. We should be cherishing ourselves in the same way. So the little statue that I was talking about earlier is actually called the Self-Love Healing Statue and can be found in the Buddha Prayer Shop online. They have no idea that I'm saying this, nor am I being paid, but this goddess statue really struck me when I saw it and has served as a daily reminder every time I sit down at my desk to practice self-love in one form or another. It is a reminder to embrace my worthiness, that I am enough, and that I can find my inner peace despite being damaged by the world or by people. The description in the shop reads, The self-love healing statue is a beacon of hope for those who struggle with self-doubt and negativity. Its healing energy helps to release old patterns and beliefs that no longer serve you and to cultivate a sense of self-love and self-worth. This statue is a powerful tool for self-transformation and spiritual growth, allowing you to tap into your inner wisdom and connect with your highest self. You can read in the description several different ways that you can use the little statue other than just a mere decoration. It includes steps to maximize the benefits that include prominent placement of the statue, setting intentions and affirmations, uses for mindfulness and meditation, self-care rituals, reflection and journaling, and sharing the message of self-love and healing with friends and family. If you're interested, you can read more about the maximizing steps at thebuddhaprayershop.com. There's lots to explore there beyond products, including a blog that discusses a range of topics to create positivity in your life. And back to the philosophical aspects of Kintsugi. It can be considered a metaphor for how we approach our lives and react to our flaws, whether they are perceived or actual and how shifting or reframing our mindset could improve our lives. 
No one is perfect, but society tends to dictate that there is such perfection. People are in fact obsessed with perfection and go to extremes in order to fit these impossible expectations. Often the general consensus is to throw something away if it's broken, including aspects of ourselves. Our response is to get rid of it and have instant gratification. We immediately turn to fix whatever it is, often out of desperation, rather than appreciate our flaws and scars. Our knee-jerk reaction is to always hide our scars, whether they are psychological or physical. Coming to mind in this moment, when it comes to the physical, there's this great photography book called Bare Strength by Michael Stokes. It's an edgy and artistic photo book dedicated to United States Marine veterans who lost limbs in the Middle East wars. Stokes is best known for his work with nude American soldier amputees, and the people are gorgeous, scars and all. And again, all scars are not visible. Sometimes, especially with the scars that are not visible, we've carried them for a minute, for a decade, or for a lifetime. If we're not doing the shadow work or engaging in self-love and acceptance, it can affect our lives and our relationships. Sadly, it becomes our being if we don't do the work. As the damage multiplies and ripples out, and the more and more we try to hide it, we compound the damage that often results in hurt people hurting other people, and of course themselves, in a variety of ways. The point of Kintsugi is not to hide a history of brokenness, rather it accentuates it and makes the brokenness part of the whole, a whole that can be accepted and highlighted. It becomes a form of beauty rather than something that needs to be hidden from ourselves and others. And note that a screwed up and broken life can be beautiful. Kintsugi is about shifting from broken to beautiful, changing the meaning of beauty to include the brokenness of our lives as valuable. The fractures are a symbol of resilience through which we gain character and can wear our scars with pride. Embrace them rather than disguising them. Kintsugi also teaches that our fractures and scars are not things of shame, but rather a transformation in which we have demonstrated resilience. It also notes the realistic aspects of life in that we will face hardships, loss, and traumas, and how we respond to, process, and recover from those experiences is what really matters. We don't stay broken. We don't remain in a million pieces. We take the time to mindfully process the experience or get the help we need with a trained professional rather than distracting ourselves with addictions and maladaptive behaviors that do more harm in the long run and take the time to properly heal so we don't carry it with us for the rest of our lives, damaging us and those we love but face our demons and work to heal the past so we don't meet up with it time and time again in the future. And scholars have noted that even the Mona Lisa is falling apart, but thousands of people go to view it every day, resulting in the limitation of 30,000 visitors a day. In terms of Kintsugi, this is a reminder that even the things we consider beautiful and everlasting will eventually decay and disappear. Nothing in this world is permanent. All things in existence will one day cease to exist. 
that may seem a little dark, but it is an unfortunate truth, which I think we do grasp more as we age, but there is a sweetness and a beauty to this notion. Time is fleeting, which also garners more of an appreciation for things or situations. And even in his meditations, Marcus Aurelius describes the beauty of decay. And there's a story in every wrinkle in a person's face. It's almost visual wisdom. It's proof that you have lived. Generally speaking, we often think of wisdom as being associated with age. And surely you can think of several films or books where this is depicted. Wisdom in positive psychology is widely explored and a definition is often difficult to come by. A personal example of mine that I have now shifted my thinking on is leftover from domestic violence with my ex-husband. I used to be so ashamed to wear anything that showed the lower part of my left leg because it reveals a bruise that never healed. It still kind of looks like a bruise, but it's some broken veins or something, I guess. But it's been over 15 years since I left my ex because of DV, and I've had several people say to me that I could get the mark or marks really fixed with laser or several other things that they said, which for some reason didn't really interest me. And now I'm in such a different chapter and not seeking that external validation that we tend to seek so much of in our 20s and 30s. But now that I've reframed this thing on my leg as a symbol of resilience and my own personal kintsugi, it appears much smaller to me and is derived with more positive connotations than negative because of what is behind it. The decisions I had to make, despite how difficult, and the return from an impossible situation— It may sound strange, but I look upon this mark now with a sense of pride and not this glaring wound from over a decade ago. But believe me, it was a long journey back to myself, which took work and consistency and going back to school and really learning to see things for what they truly are, not what we imagine them to be or wish them to be, but how they stand in their truth which of course isn't always readily revealed, and this applies to ourselves as well. Last week, I talked about doing shadow work with a therapist and confronting the parts of ourselves that we hide from the world and ourselves because we deem them to be undesirable, whatever those things may be. So Kintsugi seemed to be a natural progression in terms of my topic for this week. But if you missed last week's episode on shadow work, you may want to take a listen. Also, connecting back to my conversation with Dr. Philip Mary and synchronicity in episode 35, once I decided to research and speak on Kintsugi this week, it began to appear in my life here and there and everywhere. And there's also a great Psychology Today article by Dr. Nick Morgan called Five Lessons from Kintsugi. The Art of Embracing Brokenness, that clearly explains this ancient Japanese pottery technique that highlights imperfections. Morgan is also the author of several books, including Can You Hear Me? How to Connect with People in the Virtual World. The first lesson that Kintsugi teaches us, according to Dr. Morgan, is to keep your eyes on the long term, but put your energy in the short term. In other words, while planning and building toward a bright future is important, we also need to be able to show up in the moment, practice mindfulness, or being present in the current moment, 
and be present for family and friends, regardless of whatever circumstances we may find ourselves in. Dr. Morgan's second lesson is to listen to your inner thoughts and cultivate optimism. And optimism in positive psychology is defined by Lopez, Pedrati, and Snyder as one's expectancy that good things rather than bad will happen. It is a stable trait in some people and is independent of self-efficacy. And self-efficacy is the belief that one's skills and capabilities are enough to accomplish one's desired goals in a specific situation. You can practice listening to your inner thoughts by asking yourself, what are your thoughts telling you during a specific situation? Are you feeling discouraged about anything? Are you placing blame on anyone or anything or situation? Note that when you practice asking yourself questions, you should do so in a non-judgmental way. Treat yourself kindly as you would a friend you really care about. Exercise patience and with some resilience, you can get through any tough situation. The next lesson noted by Dr. Morgan is not to shut yourself off from the world or start to let yourself feel helpless. In psychology, learned helplessness is a state that occurs after someone has experienced a repeated stressful situation. The person develops the belief that they can in no way control or change whatever the situation is, so they stop trying altogether despite there being opportunities and possibilities of change within their reach. While this may be a period of isolation and healing, it can be a great opportunity to connect with others professionally, enhance your career with newly formed collaborative partners, which will help the healing process, and as things slowly return to normal for you, you will be able to put your best foot forward in terms of your career. It's easy to retreat and crawl under the covers and hide from the world, but the world doesn't wait for us to process and heal. Time moves forward with or without us, so we might as well focus on something that could later set us up for success. And another lesson, per Dr. Morgan, that Kintsugi teaches us is to treat this time as an opportunity to grow and change. In the 1990s, psychologists Tedeschi and Calhoun developed post-traumatic growth, or PTG. The theory states that people who endure psychological struggle following adversity can often see positive growth and transformation following trauma. Tedeschi says people develop new understandings of themselves, the world they live in, how to relate to other people, the kind of future they might have, and a better understanding of how to live life. PTG sometimes gets confused with resilience. An associate professor of psychology at Oakland University, Dr. Kanako Taku, helps us clarify these two constructs. Taku says resiliency is the personal attribute or ability to bounce back. PTG, on the other hand, refers to what can happen when someone who has difficulty bouncing back experiences a traumatic event that challenges his or her core beliefs, endures psychological struggle, even a mental illness such as post-traumatic stress disorder, and then ultimately finds a sense of personal growth. It's a process that takes a lot of time, energy, and struggle. 
And the final lesson that Kintsugi presents, according to Dr. Morgan, is to accept the challenge, but don't take unnecessary risks. Morgan notes, there's a bit of wisdom that often helps me when I'm trying to decide whether or not to take a leap into the unknown and embrace a risk. It's this, you rarely end up regretting the positive choices you make, but often you regret the negative ones, the choices not to try something. He isn't referring to anything toxic or lethal here, but common life choices like starting or ending a relationship, taking a new job, moving to a new town, or the sorts of things he describes as choices that involve risk, but where there is also the art of understanding not taking unnecessary risks. However, people have their own thresholds for what comprises of risk and what does not. In this case, to each their own, and you should gauge what a comfortable level of risk is for you and not compare your personal level to anyone else. You should be the sole decision maker in this area. So let's recap Dr. Morgan's five lessons that Kintsugi teaches us. One, keep your eyes on the long term, but put your energy in the short term. Two, listen to your inner thoughts and cultivate optimism. Three, don't shut yourself off from the world or start to let yourself feel helpless. Four, treat this time as an opportunity to grow and change. And five, accept the challenge, but don't take unnecessary risks. In this Japanese art of highlighting imperfections and flaws can help us reframe and shift our thinking when it comes to physical and psychological scars. We can learn to appreciate and accept our imperfections rather than hiding them in shame. We can process and begin to heal our traumas and hopefully see positive growth and transformation. Kintsugi is about shifting from broken to beautiful, changing the meaning of beauty to include the brokenness of our lives as valuable. The fractures are a symbol of resilience through which we gain character and can wear our scars with pride. Embrace them rather than disguising them. And I shared an example earlier of my personal kintsugi. And I'd love to hear from you if you have an example of personal kintsugi. You can email me at drsukameli at thelimentrycoaching.com. That's D-R period S-U-C-A-M-E-L-E at thelimentrycoaching.com. Or DM me on Instagram at thelimentrycoaching or text or leave a message at 949-292-2270. I would love to hear from you, and I'm open to topic suggestions for future episodes. Let me know what you want to hear more about. Okay, so there you have it. This week's positive psychology definitions came from the book Positive Psychology, The Scientific and Practical Explorations of Human Strengths by Shane Lopez, Jennifer Terramoto Pedrati, and C.R. Snyder. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lemon Tree Coaching Podcast on Kintsugi. You can find books and other links in the show notes at thelemontreecoaching.com under the podcast and resources tab. And if you like my show, please share it with a friend and follow or subscribe wherever you are listening so you don't miss an episode. And please leave a rating and a review. And kind reminder to check out the Flourishing Co.'s Joy Journal in their shop at theflourishingco.com, as well as my TPT shop called The Lemon Tree by AKS 
for some free lesson plans, organizers, and self-care tips. Again, at teacherspayteachers.com. My shop name is The Lemon Tree by AKS. Okay, as usual, it's been a pleasure sharing this space with you, and I will see you next week with more evidence-based research, tools, and strategies grounded in positive psychology. I'm Dr. Allison Sukamelli. Have a great week.